0: Hey, everybody, it's Richie. And before we start this episode of the show, it is playoff time, everybody. Not only in the world of basketball, but of course in the NHL, too. And our friends at DraftKings have big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of basketball playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free to play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. All you got to do is download the top-rated DraftKings app right now and use that promo code THPN when you sign up to get a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pools page to get your shot at huge cast prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings.
1: I'm Corey Crenshaw.
0: I'm Richie Suave Flores.
1: And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave
0: on the Hockey Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back in, Sporty Nation. It's so nice to be talking to you all again. Um, thank you for everyone who tuned into our uh, best of episodes. Um, I have been. MIA for a week, I know, but um, you know we'll talk about that and everything that I missed while I was gone, um, so don't worry. We'll definitely be getting into all of that, but first, before we can officially start the show, I have to introduce, as always, my wonderful, amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing?
0: Hello, Corey. You know, I have been enjoying the NHL playoffs so far. We've had... Not one, not two, but three overtime games already in the first two days of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We also had a ridiculously fun Florida Panthers-Tampa Bay Lightning game one of their series. The final score of that game was 5-4. to Tampa scored late in the third period, or else we would have gotten all four of the first Stanley Cup playoff games gone to overtime. And, boy, is it great to have playoff hockey back because – there are a few things better on the planet than playoff hockey. And I will tell you, it sucks that the Coyotes are not in the playoffs this year. But I mentioned, I think I mentioned this when the Coyotes were in the playoffs last year. It's nice to not have any stress during the Stanley Cup playoffs. So you can just enjoy it when your team's not in it. Unlike when your team's in it, you're stressed out all the time because it's a very stressful exercise is watching your team in the playoffs. That's
1: honestly crazy, crazy true. And and you start getting into all your different parts of like, you know, where you're uh getting into certain superstitions and stuff too. I was wearing like uh certain Lulu clothing during playoffs and everything last year to try and, you know, because that was the whole thing with the coaches and everything where their Lulu jackets. It becomes into an entire thing and I'm just really glad that, uh, we don't have to go through that stress. So there, if there is a bright side, it's the fact that you don't have to stress out as much.
0: Yeah. So we can just, just enjoy it. Enjoy the fact that we're getting so many playoff overtime games. Like I was watching a lot of the Bruins and Capitals game, um, on, on Saturday. And that game was, was great. And it involved a 39 year old goaltender for the Washington Capitals, earning the victory after having to come in because Vita Vanacek got hurt, their starting goaltender and Craig Anderson, formerly of the Ottawa Senators among other teams, but it was uh, and then we also had a Tom Wilson goal. So it pissed everybody on hockey Twitter off. And then we, uh, we had that game, but overtime, and the Capitals um, get, get the win in game one. So it was uh it's been very fun so far. And I hope it stays that way. The only thing that's, weird is that remember last year when we had playoff hockey and we had games on starting at nine o'clock in the morning and going all the way till nine o'clock at night so we got 12 straight hours of hockey like I kind of missed that the hockey marathons that we did last year's playoffs
1: yeah that's right it's it's funny I feel like the whole bubble playoffs was basically the covid energy really pushed into those playoffs, like everyone had a lot of like pent up a lot of things, you know, pent up anger, pent up uh, frustrations, sadness, happiness, you know, like every single emotion was just like pent up and everyone being in their house. So when hockey came on, I feel like it was everyone's outlet, basically, where they could just watch a bunch of hockey and get that sports that they'd been missing for so long. And so it's, it's funny because it's, we're in a much better place now, you know, COVID starting to get to a much better situation. CDC just came out saying that you can, if you've been fully vaccinated, you cannot wear masks now and all of that. So it's funny because it's good and it's bad. It's good because this is much more normal. It's at a, at a normal pace, but it's almost bad in the fact that it was almost like a like an adrenaline rush to have that much hockey all at once. You could like stay home all day long, watch hockey from day to night, and that was all you did with your day. And there's a part of me that kind of misses that, and a part of me that feels like, uh, you know, like. A day of day drinking, you know, where you have just drank all day and all night and then you're like, I'm never going to do that again. Part of me also feels like that as well. So I'm not sure. I'm kind of in the middle on how I feel about um, literally just binging hockey all day. It was fun at the time, though. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, now it's we're back to games at night now. So not quite as much hockey all day as. As it was last year, but still super fun, nonetheless, to have some playoff hockey back in our lives.
1: Absolutely. So it's it's nice to be able to see it. And it's interesting. You know, they have some interesting storylines. You have the whole, you know, Tom Wilson thing with the Caps. And then you have um, the storyline of Zendano Chara playing against his team that he had been with for such a long time, the Bruins. So there's some interesting storylines going on there, too. So it's, uh, you know, it's always nice and it keeps all that stuff really interesting. It's it's funny we had I had put this out as our sporty question because I had seen some people posing this question online and we normally do our sporty question later. But since we're talking about playoffs now, I just feel like it's kind of um, something to talk about kind of along this topic. And it's whether at the end of this season the team that wins the Stanley Cup should have an asterisk or not next to their name because of the fact that the season was not a traditional season. And I thought it was kind of the dumbest shit I had ever heard because of the fact that this season was probably harder than any season, considering the fact that you had so many back-to-back games. Um, players were coming off, you know, a crazy previous. COVID like playoff bubble and you come into this and you're playing in these like wonky divisions, having such a weird season and you are dealing with COVID on top of that. I just feel like this one was a lot harder into, I don't know, single this season out as being something like it it almost is a kind of big fuck you to the players, you know, like they work super hard, but you know, we feel like you shouldn't really get, the full acknowledgement of winning the Stanley cup. So we're going to throw an asterisk by it.
0: People are really saying that again, because they tried the same, same stupid argument last season when they had the play in tournament. And then they had the, um, you know, it was a shortened season and a, and a, and a weird wonky type of playoff scenario. And they tried to diminish the lightnings championship. And as We discussed that on the show at the time. It's like, no, like you still had to go and win, you know, sixteen games in the Stanley Cup playoffs to win a title. That's hard to do, you know? And the Lightning did it last year, and fifty-six games is is still the season, right? Like they had it years ago when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup, right? I think they were the team that ended up winning the last time there was a, a lockout shortened season. And it's like no, there's not an asterisk. There shouldn't, right? You, you played the same thing with the Dodgers. However, I will still hold over the fact that the Dodgers won the World Series in a year where baseball was fucky as hell, and they had the seven inning games, and they only played sixty regular season games, and they didn't even play the playoffs at their home ballpark. So, so uh, that the Dodgers championship deserves an asterisk because they're the fucking Dodgers. And we don't like them around these parts. But if anybody else wins, it's fair game. That's the rules that were set out that season. It's perfectly fine, and it's kind of, it's still crazy to me that people are discussing asterisk. Like, what the hell?
1: Well, I think it always ends up like popping up around Twitter. Anytime there's a season that's not a traditional season, everyone wants to kind of throw that around, and some people like to throw it out in the philosophical way of like, "Do you believe that there's an ast- that there should be an asterisk?" And I just, I I don't know. I just think that whole entire philosophy is just so funny. Like, if you had to go win a Stanley Cup, it it's really fucking hard to win the Stanley Cup. It's something that everyone wants, and it's it it's something that's not obtained very easily so i don't know that whole asterisk thing i always feel like is just so funny um you know i feel like asterisks really fit more in situations like we had talked about with that no hitter um a couple weeks ago whenever that was i'm starting to lose track of my own time now um you know in a situation like that where you would not normally give it to someone and you're like oh well we'll give them that stat but throw an asterisk by it in that sense I can understand it but for winning a championship I just don't understand that even if it wasn't a traditional season I just still feel like that's a lot to go through and especially this season in particular it's a lot to have to go through and really the whole bubble season was still difficult because those players had a bunch of time off and had to, a lot of them couldn't find ice and had to come into the bubble, which in itself is mentally very taxing on all of those players. And they had to come off with no, with very little like practice time a very little ice time. So they had to go from zero to 60 very quickly to get into there. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like an asterisk always kind of, assumes the idea that it was easier than than other previous seasons to get that championship and the last two seasons have been anything but easy and we can all say that as human beings like it's we've all gone through so much stress and so much like trauma mentally that i can only imagine what it's like to try and win a championship during all of this chaos
0: yeah, especially when you had so many teams like getting games canceled and delayed. And the St. Louis Blues had a little bit of an outbreak on their roster recently, and they're getting set to start their series against the um, the Colorado Avalanche coming up here. So the Avalanche had a little uh, a bump in the road earlier this year. So every team went through it pretty much and and, and are still in the playoffs. And so they... Uh, like, I think the NHL ended up com- completing all of their games, which is pretty impressive that they didn't have to cancel any. Even though they're still playing regular season games while the playoffs are happening. Like, I believe there was a, a Canucks and Flames game tonight or something like that on Sunday night. I was like, why are you still playing that when there's playoff hockey going on? Very weird situation. But the NHL does deserve props in that manner. that They managed to get every everything in. And, the, the, you know, the, the thing that's popped up on my timeline more so than anything else over the last 24 hours is the situation of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, I don't know how close you've been paying attention to this or not, Corey, but I saw this pop up a lot on Twitter on Sunday. And it's so many people complaining about the Tampa Bay Lightning and how they handled their cap situation this year. So, if you look... As we speak here, right now, the Tampa Bay Lightning's cap hit is nearly $100 million. Now, the cap is about $85 million, a little less than that. And Tampa, the failing Stanley Cup champions, are spending more than $15 million over the cap. Because in the playoffs, there is no salary cap so Nikita Kucherov missed the entire regular season but they were able to shelve that his contract basically for the entire season so it didn't count against their cap and his his salary was um this year for Nikita Kucherov um it was $9.5 million that they were able to put on LTIR so they didn't have to use. And it just so happens that now he's back and better than ever for the playoffs. He scored a goal in his first game back. So that's the big conversation in hockey Twitter today is are the Lightning cheating the system by being able to basically feel the team of $100 million with the players, which is well over the salary cap. <laughs>
1: That is completely one of those situations where, um, and, and that people will probably hate me for saying this, but where there's a loophole in something and everyone gets pissed, but in all reality, you're just pissed that you didn't find the loophole. That's my yeah. opinion on it.
0: Yeah. And it's not like, I mean, they're, they're the defending Stanley Cup champions for a reason. They've been one of the best teams in the entire NHL over the last five to six years. And, like, I'm cool with it. You know? It's legal. They managed to get through the season just fine. You know? They managed to be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference having to play a a roster at times that was like – I think the Golden Knights did too where they had to ice a roster – of less than a full roster, a couple nights at the end of the season to try and make sure they were under the salary cap. So, granted, they were missing nine and a half million dollars of salary this year in Nikita Kucherov, but I'm like, man, shut up. You wish your team was that smart if it meant getting a Stanley Cup. Don't hate the
1: player, hate the game.
0: Yeah, don't, hit, don't hate. The light- like, you- don't hate the Lightning, hate the NHL. <laughs>
1: that's that's an NHL problem the fact that there is this loophole in the first place that seems like a them problem honestly because they should be able to fix that they should be able to have seen that and realized that and fixed it but I mean it's it's the NHL think about how many things they haven't particularly done quite right recently so who really knows but I would definitely put this more on the NHL Than on the lightning them themselves, you know, more power to them if they found that loophole. And uh, I know there's probably people out there that are like pissed off and think that they are cheating. But if it's legal for them to do that, then it sounds like they just outsmarted everyone. Honestly, to me,
0: I agree. You know what it reminds me of is. it, It reminds me of the New England Patriots. How many times were they, like, right up against the, the rules and they managed to not get away with it every time, but it ended up working out for them and they, they won six Super Bowls because of it, right? Spygate against the Rams. We moved on from that, right? Deflategate, um, the mess that that was. Well, they won, you know, they did pretty well that season too, right? So that's basically the Tampa Bay Lightning going full – New England Patriots, and that's fine with me.
1: And every single baseball team in existence. Yeah. (laughs) It's like every single baseball team. They have been stealing signs for generations, and people always go, oh, well, this team is stealing signs, doing this, using this. Baseball has been finding loopholes in baseball four years. So, I don't know. To me, it's more of a stupidity on the league itself than the team for working out the loopholes. Your job is to win.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, there you go, Hockey Twitter. I hope you enjoy roasting the Tampa Bay Lightning over that, over the next, because we're probably not going to hear the end of it over the entire Stanley Cup playoffs, as long as they are they're alive and they're up one nothing in their series against Florida, as I mentioned earlier. So, Corey, we were earlier. gone last week. Go ahead. Oh, I
1: was going to ask you one quick question because I had you'd brought up the St. Louis Blues earlier, and um, there was a quote that had come out from Ryan O'Reilly um, three days ago that said, "We are going to have some fun and we're going to beat them," and it just really, um, they kind of pose this question. And Scotty and I had this discussion. He goes, it seems very weird. He was very, it seems very weird to me that he's going, he comes out saying very clearly that St. Louis is going to beat the Avs when there's a very strong possibility that they're not going to. And I go, well, I'm sure it's just, he's just trying to pump his team up. He's just trying to get them behind, you know, like, It's much easier to say we're going to win this and get the entire team amped up behind you as the captain and everything, rather than say, like, you know, this is going to be a very tough series for us, but we're going to work hard and stuff like that. Like, maybe he's just trying to be overly optimistic. And he had posed this other question back to me of whether um, it actually does the opposite in the fact that it might encourage your team to do better, but it might encourage the abs to be like, oh, well, we'll show you that you have no chance. And then just try and come in and demolish them when they may be coming in a little bit more laid back, knowing how well they play against St. Louis. So how did you, how would you interpret this? Would you interpret it as it being a positive coming out of it or a negative?
0: Well, I would say that what else do you expect a player to say other than that we're going to win? I, You know what I mean? The most famous example of this is Joe Namath when he guaranteed a win in Super Bowl three, right? That's the one that we always reference. But this happens all the time, like, and we just forget about it most of the time. Right, where players will say this, and we're like, "Well, okay, well, what else do you expect them to say?" And if they ended up losing, we're like, "Okay, well, that's whatever." And the only time we remember it is if it's true, and they ended up it ends up happening too. So, I, I don't have a problem with it. I like it. It's fine. That's what you're supposed to do as a captain. That's what you're supposed to do when you talk to the media: is always have a confidence that we're going to win. Because, in my opinion. If you get up there as a coach or a player or a leader on your team and you're talking about anything, you go, yeah, it's a tough competition. You know, I think we're going to lose this series. Then what the fuck are you even doing playing the game or coaching or whatever? Well, not necessarily
1: say that you're going to lose, but say that, you know, this is going to be a really tough game. We're going to have to fight hard out there. Um, Our plan is to come out there and really just give it the best we've got and, you know, really try to play hard against these guys. But like he directly said, we're going to have fun and win. So I just didn't know if you thought thought that was too direct or too aggressive.
0: His out there is that he says, we're going to have fun. We're going to win. Didn't say we're going to win the series and didn't say we're going to win the Stanley Cup. He just said we're going to win. So does that just mean we're going to win a game? Because they'll probably win a game against Colorado. Right, that's what I. Th- I have Colorado winning that series in five games, similar to how they what they did against the Coyotes last year. The Coyotes somehow managed to pull out a fucking win out of their ass in that series, and and I have a feeling that's what's going to happen here because I watched a couple of the Colorado and St. Louis games down the stretch, and they were really good games, and they were actually better contests than I would have imagined them being. And there was one game in particular where Ryan O'Reilly scored a hat trick after his team was down two to nothing in the first five minutes of the game and San Louis came back and won. So can't count San Louis out in the series, but going back to your original question, it doesn't bother me at all. It's like, if anything, as somebody who works in sports media, I love it. Like give me that, give me that talking point all day, every day of a player being that confident uh, because it gives us something to talk about rather than the blah, blah, blah coach speak, which you were talking about earlier about playing hard and, uh, going to give it a, a good game. We're going to stick to our game plan, Blah blah blah. coach peak, which does nothing for me ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess he wasn't very specific in it. He didn't actually just say like, we're going to win the series or we're going to win this specific game. He just said that he was, that they were going to win. So I guess, yeah, he does cover his bases on that one. And yeah, no, for the fact of like an actual um, sports media point of view, it's it's the best like quote you can throw out there, especially for a hometown. Like people love to hear that from the captain. People will rally behind that like crazy. But it's um it, it was just an interesting like little thing that got posted because I never really thought about it in a way that you know it could have the uh, alternate effect of rallying your opposing team. I had never really thought about it that way. Um, Because in all reality, there is a good chance that, um, you know, the Avs may come out in the first game of the series very lazy considering the fact that that's who they're playing and I'm sure they're relatively confident about it.
0: Yeah, I I actually didn't see that quote until you brought it up to me. So I'm glad you brought that up because that is a a conversation that, you know, we like to have from time to time about guarantees and stuff like that. So I appreciate you bringing that up. It's an interesting conversation to have. So we have some more hockey stuff to get to here on the show because Corey, we were off last week. We did some best stuff because you were out of town at a wedding and. I was in Little Rock, Arkansas, getting my Southern accent on. (laughs) Home to uh, the Clintons. Of old.
1: Yes, they have a um, museum there. It was closed for COVID. So I did not (laughs) go to the Clinton Museum, but uh, I did get to experience um, what is Little Rock. My favorite part of the entire thing was going to like an old school custard place. They had some really good, like really thick custard. And I discovered that's basically. What the high schoolers do is they hop on the back of like trucks and they sit and they have custard together. And like, uh, and so because we're like watching this like group of high schoolers like on the back of this truck eating custard, and and like I got to hear all the pickup lines he was using on this girl. It was very entertaining. It was, um, that was, uh, quite an interesting little thing I got to experience while I was there. And then we drove on over. Into Nashville, and you're going to enjoy this quite a bit. So when you're going between um, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, and um, we're making we're stopping over in Memphis first. We're trying to cross the border from Arkansas to Tennessee. Um, you have to go over a bridge that goes over the Mississippi. You, if anyone has been watching the news, you may have seen. That the main bridge that goes um, over over the Mississippi River has a giant crack in it, so they shut down the entire bridge and are diverting people around it. That happened on Tuesday because the um, bridge is at a point where it, like it has, it's one of its main beams is completely cracked, so it could fall. That, they shut that down on Tuesday. I drove over that bridge on Monday, completely unaware that this bridge could have given out and uh, we could have fallen into the Mississippi.
0: Wait, I saw that headline on Twitter earlier in the week. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, so I was on that bridge literally like... Because they found they shut it down on Tuesday. I was going across there about what was it like four, three, four o'clock ish. Um, no, no, about two o'clock ish on Monday, and they shut it down. I think Tuesday morning.
0: Well, I'm very, very happy you made it across. And and I'm sure, for your sake, you're glad that you didn't know about it until afterwards.
1: Well, yeah, and too, because they make you do a, a giant detour where you have to go through, like, the other, like, bordering states to get around to Nashville. So I wouldn't have gone to Nashville for a very long time. And so my... Nice, long trip that went between... um, I Because we went literally Little Rock, Arkansas, to Memphis, Tennessee, to Nashville, Tennessee, all in one day. It would have been the longest day of my life if I had to do a detour. So um, I'm really glad that we just got over that bridge all nice and safe. The funny part is... I was like, on the bridge the entire time like, Oh, this is such a cute little bridge. Look how cool this is with all the metal on it. It's really cool looking. And I was like, Oh my gosh, and that's the Mississippi and had my phone out so I could take a picture of, uh, you know, welcome to Tennessee when we had gone to the other side and everything. I was completely oblivious. So if it would have happened, I would have just been like, this is such a cool bridge. Look at the Mississippi. (laughs) 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 I've never seen that much water before in my life.
0: That's funny. Well, like I said, I'm glad that you guys both made it across safely and that you got to visit the city of Nashville, which I've been there previously uh, during the NFL draft of 2019 when there was like three gazillion million people in the streets of of downtown Nashville, and it's really cool. So I'm glad you got to experience it.
1: Very cool. Uh, Bridgestone Arena is is pretty awesome. I have to, I'm, you know, I, I hate tooting some people's horns, but I have to admit that arena was absolutely immaculate. I loved looking at it. And now I I genuinely have to go to a game there. Like, I can't not go to a game there because of the fact that it was so freaking cool from the outside. It's right in the middle of downtown. um, And I just thought it was so freaking awesome. So um, that is going to be on my list to go back there and watch a game in their arena. Because I, you know, they had a game Monday night when I got there. But we got there like 10 minutes before the game started it started at like i think seven and we got there at like 650 or something like that right and so uh we definitely weren't there in time to actually watch the game we did watch it like at at a restaurant on tv and everything they were just annihilating the hurricanes um and in that game but uh so i definitely am coming back to watch a game there because that was really freaking cool i will give a nod to them on that
0: maybe well now that the coyotes are moving to the central there'll be more opportunities to see the coyotes there starting next year
1: absolutely that's a that's actually a great idea yeah because i i do want to go to like all of the arenas and watch games but it's very rare actually that i've gotten to go to other it's it's usually like oh i'm in whatever state I might as well watch a game while I'm here. Um, It would be nice to actually watch the coyotes in another state.
0: Yeah. That I, you know, I've done that only one time. I went to see them in Anaheim years ago. So uh, going to Vegas is still on my list. although tickets are really freaking expensive. Um, And then Nashville and Seattle, maybe that's like my next like trip. I would like to do next year is go see the Coyotes play in Seattle. That would be dope.
1: That would be really cool. And especially because I'm really excited to see what um, they're, what stuff they're going to do um, with the whole Kraken thing. And, and it's not just because I know their uh, game operations guy um, because he used to be the one here for the Coyotes and um, I have all the faith in the world in him but i just feel like there's so many things you can do with the kraken that i'm just actually really hyped for it i even had a drink in nashville that uh was like a light blue color and i i had texted you and kat and said that they need to make this the drink for the kraken like that is where my brain is at this at this moment like so many great marketing ideas for the kraken and I'm just expecting them to blow it out of the water. And if they don't, I'm going to be highly disappointed.
0: <laughs> that drink looked like it had Pop Rocks in it.
1: It was called Fruit Loops. And it did like it tasted just like a Fruit Loop. It had um, throwing it back to our, our uh, o- Oreo smooth- not smoothies. What what are those things called? Milkshakes, not, not a smoothie. Milkshakes. Milkshake. Thank you. Throwing it back to our Oreo milkshake. Um, it had rum chata in it, and blue curacao, and a couple other things. I'll have to look it up. But it, it genuinely did taste like Fruit Loops. So. They apparently like their like alcohol that tastes like cereal because another bar I went to um, had was uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Ooh. So they, they like their cereal cocktails, apparently.
0: That's funny. That sounds very delicious.
1: Lots, lots of uh, good... Jack Daniels was drank during that time. I, I went through Jack Daniels fire, Jack Daniels apple, Jack Daniels honey, um, and regular Jack Daniels while I was there. And I was, keep in mind people, I was only actually in Nashville for, if you combine the first day and the last, so like two days. I was only there for really two days, and I drank all that Jack Daniels. So I think I I did Tennessee well.
0: Certainly sounds like you did. Uh, As a big whiskey fan, I'm glad that you were able to sample all that.
1: I knew you'd be proud. Mm -hmm. I I know Jack Daniels isn't of your echelon of uh, whiskey that you normally drink. Mm -hmm. You're usually a little bit higher than that. But I figured since I was in Jack Daniels country, I might as well Try to drink as much of it as I can. Uh,
0: and uh, yeah, so I'm glad your trip to Nashville and and Little Rock and Memphis was fun. And unfortunately, while you were gone, there was Coyote's news galore last week. In fact, on the like the Sunday, uh, the Sunday after the season ended, we found out that Rick Tockett. Had been let go by the team, which I was surprised it happened that quickly. Um, and so we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, obviously. So let's dive a little bit into that here in our remaining time here on the episode. Um, First of all, uh-huh.
1: rude that this happened on, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure it was. It was also Mother's Day, so I'm sure people were busy doing Mother's Day stuff. But that this happened while I was in a wedding in Arkansas. I mean, come on. I didn't even find out about this until you guys, because I literally like my phone was gone for me. I started getting ready for this wedding at 8 a.m. Central Time. And then I didn't find out until the about this until I was coming back, which was like 11 o'clock Central Time. So I was so far behind the curve. I was, you know, um, drunkenly eating like McDonald's, finding out that Rick Talkett had gotten fired. So the fact that they did this on that day of all days was very highly inconvenient because I was not prepared for that news. 11 o'clock at night after a long wedding, after a lot of drinks, and I'm eating some nuggets and fries and I have to learn that information.
0: (laughs) That's that's one way to find out. I think I found out like right when I woke up. I saw I got a notification on my phone. I was like, "Oh, they're doing that already." Okay, I thought they were gonna like wait a week or whatever and figure things out. Nope, just just immediately gone. And and uh, he did. Uh, Rick Talkett did a long interview with Craig Morgan that I thought was really interesting. We um, can tweet it out uh, on the Twitter account. And I, I want to read one of the quotes here from him, uh, a couple of them actually. He talks about how how the meeting went with Bill Armstrong and how he kind of essentially ex- basically expected it to happen. He says, I knew my work was cut out for me if I was going to stay because everything was going to be evaluated. Bill was just going to sit back and see what direction they were going to go. Um he, he says the season was a roller coaster obviously um and then he kind of was able to look back on his his uh his tenure and he says he said this I am not an arrogant guy I think a lot of people have done an unreal job around here my support staff and if it wasn't for them we probably wouldn't have done as well but I think I have done a good job I think I came here I think I came to what was not the greatest situation. And we were a competitive team. It's not for me to evaluate the ro- roster and what I didn't have. That's for the analyst. Wherever I coach and whoever I coach, I coach as hard as I can. So for me personally, I'm proud leaving here, knowing that I coached my ass off, and I love that the group that we have. They're competitive guys. He, talk, it left the team with a 125 coaching victories, uh, good enough for a 490 points percentage. Um, which is actually pretty solid. Only behind, since the team moved to Arizona, there's only a couple of coaches that have a better win percentage than Rick Tockett does, um, who coached for as long as he did, essentially. So, um, granted, there's only four coaches on this list that coached for four or more seasons, and uh, that's Bobby Francis, Wayne Gretzky, Dave Tippett, and Rick Tockett, and uh, Tockett is third on the list, 490 points percentage, so... I, we, it's, we obviously expected this to happen, Corey, but, um, you know, I, am going to, I will miss Rick Talkett for one reason. And that's, he was always so good in, in media sessions and, and anytime I would ask him questions or anybody talk to him, whatever, in interviews, he was so honest with the media at times and it's very refreshing to get that in a time where so many coaches are coach speak, coach speak, coach speak. I felt like Rick wasn't that. And so I'm appreciative of, of that, that we got that for the four seasons he was here. Um, and I hope whoever the next coach may be continues that because um, yeah, I, I do not like coach speak. It's, it just annoys the shit out of me. I like, kind of like what we talked about earlier and players in coach speak. It just, just save it. Like I'd rather not talk to you at all than for you to give me the same lines over and over again, I'm Kingsbury. Um, so for that reason, you know, I am going to miss uh, talking around these parts.
1: I'm going to miss him a lot too. I, part of the reason why I was saying like that—that's so not the way I wanted to hear him leaving—was it just I don't know. It felt a bit like a very, um, very quick, very sad. Ending and the fact that like it, I felt like it didn't get what he deserved. I felt like he actually did quite a good job here in the fact that he, like you had kind of briefly said what his stats were leaving Arizona. And in all reality, I was worried about, you know, from his past reputation of what he was here in Arizona of how he was going to come in here. And if any of that was going to follow him and in all reality, None of it really did. And he came in and did a good job. He did, in my opinion, a great job with what he was given. And he wasn't given really anything great. And that's what everyone keeps on coming back to this whole ideal of how can you be wanting to get rid of a lot of this team when, when they were a potentially a, a playoff team, they were, you know, right on that cusp there. It's because they are not a playoff team, but, and this is this may come back to I mean the ass later, someone's going to quote me unless I can feel it, that they weren't a playoff team, but Rick Tockett made them one. And that is where I feel like he doesn't get enough credit in the fact that he took shit that didn't work and made it work. And like I said before, if Armstrong's idea of this moving forward into the future does not fit with Rick Tockett's coaching style, it is best for him to have let him go and for him to have found a situation that fits best with him because of the fact that he has been trying to fit... a square peg into a round hole for years now and he's been doing a hell of a job trying to make it work but he was never put into a situation for him to truly truly succeed and he did the best with what he had and it should be really interesting to see where this team goes and so I'm not surprised that they got rid of him I just feel like he deserved a little bit better of, like, a send-off, you know, instead of just kind of, uh, all right, we're already getting rid of him. It's It feels very uh, business clean house. And, I mean, as I've said before, in sports, this is a business, and no one ever likes to really look at it that way because these are human beings that we're talking about. But it, it it felt very business. Okay, that's the first thing. Check off our box on cleaning house before we start really rebuilding this team.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of, that's kind of what happened there. And, um, you know, I, I was frustrated with Rick talking at times because of a lot of times it was kind of the problems with this team were the same problems over and over again. And I just got frustrated that the coaching staff wasn't able to make some kind of adjustments to, make this team better in first periods to make this team play a full 60 minutes. Like they so often did not To do. make the
1: power play look like it was supposed to.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's, that was my problem with this coaching staff. And And again, it goes back to your point of how much of that is on the coaching staff itself and how much of that is on your personnel and the way the roster was constructed. And, you know, I don't think they're, it's not one or the other and it's not both, you know, it's a very symbiotic type relationship between the two. And uh, that's something the next coach is going to have to figure out. And, you know, we were going to kind of get into some of the ideas for the next head coach on this show, but I think we're up against it here. Um, So we'll probably save that for Thursday's episode. And we'll, we can dive a little bit more deeper into some of the coaches who have been talked about. We're probably, there might be some more news between now and then in terms of, names being released in terms of who they're interviewing and whatnot. Uh, we also were going to talk about, uh, the odds about, um, Jack Eichel and the guys were in the conversation for Jack Eichel. But, uh, I think we'll get to that on Thursday's episode too. Um, and we'll, we'll wrap up this, this show, um, and keep it under an hour this time. So, um, do you have any, any anything else before we go, Corey?
1: um, it let's just my only thing i have on here is is let's just hope that the conversations when it comes to um you know who's going to be the next coach of the coyotes i really hope it doesn't get off the rails as much as the gm talk was that's my only hope i felt like that got way off the rails Once we started getting into Pierre Maguire territory, I just (laughs) felt like we started getting into some crazy shit. And I really hope that we kind of stay on the rails for speculation for the next coach. Uh,
0: yeah, there's already Coyote's fans out there asking for Gerard Gallant and asking for, um, uh, some of your big name coaches that are, that are available. Uh, Claude Julien, another one. And, uh, it, that's not going to happen, Coyotes fans. I know a lot of you out there want it to happen. They're way too expensive for this team. And, of course, Bill Armstrong said that they want a younger coach um, in his press conference on Monday. So, anyway, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, thanks for uh, listening into to the Best Dubs from last week. We are glad to be back here. And like we've talked about previously, it's going to be a very busy and wild and wacky offseason for this team. So we're probably going to have – quite a bit to talk about over the next few months here on this show. Make sure you follow us at Corey underscore Richie show on Twitter at Corey Richie show on Instagram. Follow Corey at Corey Nicole with two E's on Twitter. Follow me at our 91. You can follow the network at hockey And of course, DraftKings promo code THPN. We will talk to you on Thursday, sport nation until then. Good night and good hockey, everybody.